This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of osteofibrous dysplasia from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Osteofibrous dysplasia is a rare form of fibrous dysplasia that primarily affects the tibia and is confined to the cortices. It is also known as ossifying fibroma and a Campanacci lesion. As far as the epidemiology, osteofibrous dysplasia is usually found in younger children defined as less than 10 years old. It's also more commonly found in males than in females. As far as the location of osteofibrous dysplasia, these lesions are primarily in the anterior tibia. As far as the genetics, trisomy 7, 8, 12, and 22 have been reported. Keep in mind that osteofibrous dysplasia does not have a GS-alpha activating mutation like fibrous dysplasia has. As far as the prognosis of osteofibrous dysplasia, lesions usually regress and do not cause problems in adulthood. As far as the presentation of osteofibrous dysplasia, patients may be asymptomatic, they may have painless swelling, you may find anterior or anterolateral bowing of the tibia, and finally keep in mind that pseudoarthrosis develops in 10 to 30% of patients. On physical exam, patients may have local tenderness over the tibia. As far as imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the affected area. Findings include an anterior eccentric lytic tibial lesion in the child that often leads to tibial bowing. Lesions are usually diaphyseal, there's no periosteal reaction, and these lesions are confined to the anterior cortex. The radiographic differential for osteofibrous dysplasia includes adamantomoma. The histology of osteofibrous dysplasia is similar to fibrous dysplasia, except there is osteoblastic rimming that is present. The histology is significant for fibroblast proliferation surrounding islands of woven bone with osteoblastic rimming, mitotic figures are common, and these slides may have giant cells present. The treatment of osteofibrous dysplasia can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management can include observation or bracing. As far as observation, this is the first line of treatment and is actually the treatment for most patients. Bracing is indicated if the deformity is significant and it's interfering with walking. Operative options include deformity correction with osteotomy. As far as the indication, this is rarely needed, however, is indicated when there's a significant deformity, and keep in mind you should perform this after skeletal maturity. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 10-year-old male presents for evaluation of a painless deformity of his lower leg. A radiograph of the tibia shows that the anterior cortex is fully expanded with a radiolucent lobular pattern. Histological slide from a biopsy of the same lesion shows a fibroblastic proliferation with interspersed islands of woven bone. A key feature is the presence of osteoblastic rimming. What is the next best step for this patient? And the choices are one, observation, two, bracing, three, casting and monthly follow-up, four, curatage and bone grafting, and five, osteotomy with plate application. The correct answer to this question is one, observation. So based on the clinical history and the figures described, the patient likely has an osteofibrous dysplasia. The next best step would be to observe the patient. To quickly review, osteofibrous dysplasia is a form of fibrous dysplasia that predominantly affects the anterior tibia. 
It often presents as painless swelling and can cause anterior or anterolateral bowing to the affected tibia. The first line of treatment is observation, as most of these lesions regress prior to adulthood. Springfield et al. found that 19 of 32 patients had a diagnosis changed after evaluating patients for ossifying fibroma, fibrous dysplasia, osteofibrous dysplasia, or adamantomoma of the tibia. They conclude that osteofibrous dysplasia may be a precursor of adamantomoma. Marks et al. review malignant and benign fibrous tumors of bone. They indicate that osteofibrous dysplasia is best treated with conservative measures. In contrast, malignant entities such as malignant fibrous histiocytoma and fibrosarcoma must be treated with wide excision. That's all for this review about osteofibrous dysplasia. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.